Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Good morning. Welcome in. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kylie. We got Kramer on the other side of the glass. Man, we haven't done this in like six weeks. That's been a while. There's been stuff going on. Like personally, I've had to be out of town for certain things. There's been K-State football games that have preempted us. It feels like every week there's something. There's been a basketball game, I think, at one point that preempted us. There's been a lot of stuff going on. We're back though. But we're back. We are back, baby. We're back. We have a good show for you lined up as well. Mike Sando, NFL Insider. He's going to join us coming up at 1045 at 11 o'clock. I'm very excited about this one. Dan Wolkin of USA Today, one of the best college football insiders out there. He will join us to tell us what in the world is going on at Mizzou right now. And at 1130, we'll talk a little bit more about Mizzou and the college football playoff with Adam Rittenberg of ESPN.com. So a lot to get into throughout the morning. Where I want to begin with you today is with Patrick Mahomes. Because, man, last year we were riding that gravy train. Patrick Mahomes from start to finish was the MVP. Patrick Mahomes from start to finish was an absolutely incredible story to watch. Did you know last year there were only in the regular season two games when Patrick Mahomes did not throw multiple touchdowns? Did you know that, Kramer? There was only two games all year actually where he didn't throw multiple touchdowns. That's impressive. Almost, It was. He actually ended up throwing 50 of them. Exactly. (laughs) It It was quite impressive. He was, from start to finish, perfect. There was almost nothing that he could do that was wrong. It's been different this year. It's been harder this year. We've seen some flaws this year. We've seen him at times struggle to move the offense this year. In his last seven games, he has two with multiple touchdowns. A reminder, last year, the entire season, he had two without multiple touchdowns. It's been different this year, and I don't quite totally understand the explanation. Some of it is absolutely the injury. Some of it is the circumstances around him. It's the offensive line's been bad. The receivers have been banged up. The running back's been terrible. I don't think the play calling or play designs have been as good as they were a year ago. All of those things are absolutely true, and they are explanations, not excuses. I think this is the week that Patrick Mahomes will have the opportunity to put any of these questions to rest. Any of them. If Patrick Mahomes comes out tomorrow, and this offense comes out tomorrow, against this vaunted Patriots defense, and they put up 24, 27, 30, 31 points, this is going to be his opportunity to really put his stamp on the 2019 NFL season. Because if you ask the casual NFL fan for Patrick Mahomes' quote-unquote moment this season, I don't know that they would give you one. He's had some. He had the unbelievable throw to Tyreek Hill at the beginning of the Texans game. He had the jump pass earlier this season when the pocket was crumbling around him and he was able to get it in a place that only Patrick Mahomes can get it to. It just hasn't been consistent. 
Well, last year, there was the 49ers throw. There was the no-look pass. There was the fourth and nine against the Ravens. It was seemingly every week you had a video game highlight from Patrick Mahomes. That hasn't happened as often this year. There are obvious explanations as to why. Those explanations slash excuses slash whatever you want to call them do not exist tomorrow. Patrick Mahomes looked healthy last week. You remember that run that he had into the end zone? He looked healthy. He's probably not 100%, but nobody at this time of the year is. He looks good enough to where he can be Patrick Mahomes again. The wide receivers are healthy right now. The offensive line is healthy right now. This is the test that we've all been talking about since January of last season. The only thing that mattered to any of us was really what happens in January, but how does this team stack up against the Patriots? If they stack up well, this season's going to end with a celebration from everybody in Kansas City. If they stack up poorly, then they're going to fall short of where we want them to be ultimately. I thought this was a really interesting quote. This comes from Dan Shaughnessy, who joined us on the drive earlier this week, talking about Patrick Mahomes and what he needs to do against the Patriots defense. You're seeing the test with what Deshaun Watson did to him, what Lamar Jackson did to him. This is the opportunity. You got the elite quarterback, you know, come in and show it. I still think if you guys won the coin flip last year, you'd have been in the Super Bowl. I mean, they weren't in a position to stop. So I think that the New England defense is overrated. But uh, it's got that's got to be demonstrated, you know, on a repeated basis by by good teams. That you know, we'll see what good teams can do against them, and they're starting to stack up against them now. I think one thing we're going to hear a lot of tomorrow, if the Chiefs lose this game, and I'm picking them to win, so I want to be very clear about this. I'm picking them to win, but if the Chiefs do lose tomorrow, I think something that you will hear after the game is. Lamar Jackson got it done against the Patriots. Deshaun Watson got it done against the Patriots. Why wasn't Patrick Mahomes able to get it done against the Patriots? Now, there are some extenuating circumstances here. Lamar Jackson played the Patriots at home. Deshaun Watson played the Patriots at home. Patrick Mahomes playing the Patriots on the road, a place where the Patriots never win. I found a million stats all week, a million different stats this week that all told you the same thing. Hey, do you guys know the Patriots are really good at home? Do you know that the Patriots, whether it be December or January or October or a night game, day game, it doesn't really much matter. The Patriots, they happen to be really, really good at home, which is obviously true. And so it's really hard to go into Foxborough and beat that team. It's really difficult. Patrick Mahomes is supposed to be the guy that can get it done. And this defense, playing the way that it has, is supposed to be able to allow them to have the opportunity to get it done. This Patriots offense is not what we've seen in the past. Tom Brady isn't the same. That offensive line isn't the same. The receivers aren't the same. The running game stinks. All of this is different than what we saw a year ago. And so when we go into the game tomorrow, you're going to see a lot of people that are picking the Chiefs. In fact, Ross Tucker did just that here on the show yesterday. The Chiefs have been winning games without Patrick Mahomes being a superhuman. That's a really good sign. So key number one would be for them to keep that up um, and keep this Patriots defense dormant. Uh, my guess, I'm sorry, the Patriots offense dormant. My guess is that the Patriots are going to try to run the ball right down the Chiefs' throat. They cannot let that happen. And I'm not saying Mahomes has to be superhuman. But I do think he needs to generate three or four touchdowns like Deshaun Watson was able to do. I think if they do that, I think the Chiefs have a great chance to win. I agree. I agree. 
I think what needs to happen tomorrow for the Chiefs to be able to win this game is Patrick Mahomes needs to be Patrick Mahomes again. We haven't seen it very much lately. He wasn't very good against Oakland. He wasn't very good against the Chargers. And I want to once again put out the disclaimer. I understand there are reasons why he wasn't that good against those two teams. But flat out, he wasn't that good against them. He's had a passer rating over 100 twice in his last seven games. He just, for whatever reason, hasn't been able to put it all together in recent weeks. And so tomorrow against the Patriots, a team that you know you're going to have to score 24 points to beat, up there in New England when they're going to get some funky calls, there's going to be a defensive pass interference that was a phantom call, and you're sitting on your couch tomorrow and you're like, the hell? There's nothing there. There is nothing there that's going to happen. So be prepared for it. There's going to be some stupid calls that happen over the course of the game. When those things go wrong, when your defense gives up a big play, it had no business giving up. When your special teams have a funky play because you're out in New England, when the weather's not what you expected and the wind's swirling around and all of these different things accumulate to being difficult factors, the guy that's supposed to cut through the noise is Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the great equalizer. The Patriots have the coaching advantage. The Patriots have Tom Brady. They have Julian Edelman. They have guys that have been in these types of games every year of their careers for the last decade. The Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. And there was a time last year, there was a time earlier this year, where that's all it took. That's all that any Chiefs fan needed was, we've got Patrick Mahomes, we're going to win. That was it. I feel like some of that, it's, it's almost an arrogance has kind of left the room this year. And I think this is the game, this is the type of game where that needs to come back. If the Chiefs are going to win tomorrow, the athletic arrogance that Patrick Mahomes plays with needs to be on full display. If it's not, they're not going to win. If it is, and I believe it's going to be, that's exactly what's going to happen tomorrow against the Patriots. So, Patrick Mahomes, all I want to see tomorrow is him put his stamp for the first time, in my opinion, on the 2019 NFL season. We haven't seen it much yet. I think we're going to see exactly that tomorrow. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kylie. We got Kramer on the other side of the glass. The Protein House Eat with a Purpose text line is 69306. You guys can hit me up on Twitter as well. I'm at BK Sports Talk. Coming up at 1045, we will get into this game with Mike Sando. He is an NFL insider. But coming up next, there are only two offensive players for the Patriots that concern me in the least bit. Going into this game, I'll tell you who they are next. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. The leadoff with Brandon Kylie, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kylie. We got Kramer on the other side of the glass. The protein I'll see with a purpose. Text line 69306. Coming up here in just about 30 minutes, we'll talk with Mike Sando. He's an NFL insider. Want to get his thoughts on this Chiefs versus Patriots matchup. So I said coming into the break, there's only two Patriots offensive players that concern me. One of them is obviously Julian Edelman, and here's why. So in the last 10 years and two months, Tom Brady and Julian Edelman, they played together in a game in which they played together against an AFC opponent. In the regular season at Gillette, they are 42-0. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. 42-0 whenever Tom Brady and Julian Edelman play together at home in the regular season against an AFC opponent. Never lost. Think about how insane that is. A decade of playing together against AFC opponents, their conference. It's not like I'm talking about NFC going up against AFC, which only happens a couple times a year. No, more than half of their schedule at home 
is coming against AFC opponents every single year. And against those teams in the regular season at home, they are undefeated. They've never lost in this scenario. It's an insane statistic. So, yeah, I'm a little worried about Julian Edelman. The other guy that I'm reasonably concerned about is James White. Because let's get a little football nerdy here, all right? You ready for this, Kramer? We're going to get football nerdy here on the show. So, the Chiefs have a matchup problem here. The Chiefs have a matchup problem for a number of reasons. One of them is because they don't have Rashad Fenton in this game. And I can't believe that I just said that. I can't believe that I just said. That's the first. Going into the Patriots game. Hey, they've got a problem. You know, that sixth round rookie cornerback, he's not going to be available. So that's part of the issue. So the Chiefs have one guy that can match up pretty well with either James White or Julian Edelman. His name's Tyron Matthew. He's been fantastic over the last month of the season. The problem is Tyron Matthew cannot defend both Julian Edelman and James White. So let's go down a path where Tyron Matthew ends up being in the slot most of the game and defending Julian Edelman. That's a perfectly reasonable decision by the Chiefs. Okay, now let's go down the logical conclusion from that path. Who is defending James White? Is it Daniel Sorensen? Do you feel good about that? Because I've seen that movie before. It didn't end well. Do you feel good about Anthony Hitchens being on him? Darren Lee, who's been kind of relegated to the bench? I don't even know who the other options would be at this point. And this is the problem. The Chiefs don't have somebody that can defend the running back out of the backfield outside of Tyron Matthew. Tyron Matthew would be great at it because if James White goes out on a passing route, you have him follow him. If James White ends up staying in and blocking on any pa- passing pa- passing down, you just have Tyron Matthew blitz the hell out of Tom Brady. It's a perfect scenario for what you have in, in Tyron Matthew, a perfect utilization. So let's go down that path again. This time, Tyron Matthew is going to be defending James White. Okay, who is defending Julian Edelman? Who's going in the slot? Because do you guys feel good about Kendall Fuller defending Julian Edelman? I don't. There was once upon a time that I would have been really confident about that. When when Kendall Fuller was first brought in, and I was told by pro football focus and these super nerdy, smart ba- football people, hey, this is the best slot corner in the NFL. Oh, okay, I'm really I'm really confident about that guy. That the, the player that I was sold, I'm very confident in him being able to defend Julian Edelman. The guy that I've seen the last two years, uh-uh. Nope, 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 nope. Not very confident in that guy defending Julian Edelman. So they got a problem here. One of James White or Julian Edelman is going to have a plus matchup. And these guys have killed the Chiefs. Julian Edelman, the last two years against the Chiefs. This includes three games. 22 carries for 100 yards. So he's been effective and efficient on the ground. And 12 catches for 132 yards. Not a ton, but certainly effective. Julian Edelman against the Chiefs. The last three meetings. 10 receptions for 100 yards, 4 receptions for 54 yards and a touchdown, and 7 receptions for 96 yards. They've crushed them. Now, the guy that's really killed them, though, is the guy that I'm not worried about this time around. It's Sony Michelle. Have you seen what Sony Michelle did to the Chiefs last year? We watched it, but sometimes I feel like we need to go back and remember just how bad it was. 53 carries for 220 yards and 4 touchdowns. That's what they did against the Chiefs in two games. 
with one running back. I'm not as worried about that this year because the Patriots have the same issues in their running games as the Chiefs do with theirs. Listen to this from WEEI in Boston. Why isn't Brandon Bolden used more? Isn't he a big dude that can just pound the ball, use him as a... I, I, would, I personally would like to see more Brandon Bolden. Yeah. Brandon Bolden, the 30-year-old running back who has never been good at any point in his career, is the guy that they want to see. Yes, I would, I would like to see more Brandon Bolden. I would agree. I think Brandon Bolden, you can give him every carry Sony gets and you see the exact same running back. I really don't think you'll see much of a difference. You could have found Sony Michelle in the fourth, fifth round. Absolutely could have. Maybe even found someone that was better who can catch the ball because you get a game like that, it's just so predictable. Everything is so predictable. When he's in the game, they're running. You know, if not, it's play action, but he ain't catching anything out of the backfield. And when James White's in the game, he's going to catch the football. Yeah. Well, and think- he can run it when it's a blowout because they're going to let you. But other than that, it's, a, it's so predictable. Bolden can get every carry Sony gets, and you probably see the same production. That ain't good. If you're telling me that Brandon Bolden can get every carry that your starting running back gets and they would be the same, that's a problem. That's a big problem for them. And so the the Patriots have struggled to run the ball against everybody this year. The Chiefs' run defense has not been great, but it has been better. And so in this game, I'm less concerned, and this sounds crazy. I can't believe that I'm saying this. I'm far less concerned about what the, the Patriots will do on the ground than I am what they'll do through the air. And I'm also the guy that's been saying that Tom Brady's washed for the last six weeks. And so I'm I'm going full galaxy brain over here, man. It's I, I've, I've lost it. I'm out on an island. I'm lost at sea. I don't know what to make of this game. I think the Chiefs are the far superior football team. I think Patrick Mahomes is the significantly better quarterback in this game. I think the Chiefs offense, if it is indeed still the Chiefs offense, and we haven't seen it be that in the last few weeks, is better than the Patriots defense. I think the Chiefs' defense is better than the Patriots' offense. Everything about this game screams Chiefs should win. And yet I'm terrified of James White and Julian Edelman. I'm terrified, man. I wake up in the middle of the night this week in cold sweats. Like, third and nine. It's third and nine. Julian Edelman's going across the middle again. Again. I've seen this in my sleep for three years. I can't do it again. I I don't know how they stop it. I don't. I'm sure there's got to be a way. This is what Steve Spagnuolo was brought in to do. He was brought in to scheme a way to make sure that Julian Edelman on third and nine doesn't get open across the middle, and I still don't know if he can do it. I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful about this game. I believe the Chiefs are the superior football team. I believe that the Patriots are in a bad way. All week this week, the story in Boston was, actually, this might be real. This Tom Brady thing, I think he might be done. There are people in, in New England right now, this week, the, the, the show that they're doing there that is the same, the equivalent of ours right here, Kramer, the people in Boston right now are talking about, this is Tom Brady's final year with the Patriots. They don't know if it's going to be his final year in the NFL, but this is the last year that Tom Brady's going to be with the Patriots. And so when you've got all of these things coming together, and they all seem to be pointing in one direction of, this is a very clear Chiefs win, it makes me a little nervous because this is when, and I'm again, I, I will remind you, I've been the guy that's been low on the Patriots all year long. This is the time when they typically come, come out and do some chicanery and find a way to pull a win out when they had no business in doing so. And so I'm worried. I'm worried about the game because I'm worried about James White and Julian Edelman. 
I'm worried about those two guys and only those two guys. Julian Edelman in his last six or seven games has been a target, just a monster. 15, 12, 11, 11, 10, 12, 11. He is getting pelted with targets each and every game. Huh? He's a machine. He is. He's a machine out here. Do you know, by the way, I'm looking at his uh, pro football reference site right now. His nickname is apparently Minitron, like Megatron, but Mini, miniature like, version. I, I can see it. That's, that's actually, I've never heard anybody I've call never that. heard that. That's pretty solid. That's like when Gronk called him the squirrel on Fox that, in the no, NFL pregame better. show. And I was like, nobody's ever called him that. No, no, not a single time has anybody ever called Julian Edelman as the, the, the squirrel. It's a good nickname. It's fine. But nobody's ever once called him that. Neither here nor there. The Patriots offense has become what they hate. The Patriots offense is predictable. When James White's out there, they're going to pass. When Sony Michelle's in there, they're going to run. You just heard that from the Boston Sports Talk people. They certainly know that to be the case. So it's predictable. The Chiefs brought in a new uh, defensive coordinator for exactly this type of a matchup. This is the game that's going to tell us everything we need to know about the Chiefs defense. The Chiefs defense, if they're able to slow down, stop, a Patriots offense that has been very, very gettable all season long. This will tell me that the Chiefs defense has taken that step that we all expected. Officially, this is the game that will tell me that. Because they've been trending in that direction in recent weeks. They've been getting better. They've been taking advantage of their opportunities more. They've been creating turnovers, creating sack opportunities. All of these things have finally started to come to fruition the way that we all wanted them to. If they're not able to get it done against the Patriots a team that's been hapless on offense all season long, then a lot of that goes for naught. If they are able to do it, there will be a little bit of confirmation bias in here, absolutely. But that will be the sign that I needed that what we're seeing against these worst teams, what we are seeing against some of the uh, these offenses that they're taking advantage of, maybe it is real and it's going to translate whenever we get to the postseason. This is the week they brought in Steve Spagnuolo for. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kiley. we got Kramer on the other side of the glass. If you guys want to get involved, the text line is 69306. You can hit me up on Twitter as well. I am at BK Sports Talk. Coming up here in just about 15 minutes, we will be joined by Mike Sando. He's one of the best NFL insiders in the country. I want to ask him for his thoughts on this game. But coming up next, let's stick with Patriots versus Chiefs. I believe that the Chiefs, Needs someone to be this year's version of Damian Williams. I'll explain next. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. The leadoff with Brandon Kylie, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back. It is the leadoff, 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kylie. We've got Kramer on the other side of the glass. Coming up here in just about 15 minutes, we will be joined by my guy, Mike Sando. He's an NFL insider. I'm very interested to see what he thinks about this Chiefs versus Patriots matchup. I want to get into who I think can be, should be this year's Damian Williams in just a moment. Have you seen this? I think it, I believe it's pronounced Peloton. Have you seen this stuff, Kramer? It's this biking so this system. Yeah. So apparently men, because, you know, we're all monsters, um, have decided that what they're going to do for Christmas is buy their wives these Peloton bikes. Um, first of all, have you seen the prices on these things? They're like 2000 like that $2,200 for the cheap one that's the quote-unquote basic cheap package one. cheap yeah. one. I've I, so that's the starter point if you got $2,200 to buy yourself a bike for Christmas God bless you man um secondarily apparently men are just buying these things for their wives girlfriends significant others 
without asking or without their wives, girlfriends, significant others saying that they want one. That seems a little risky there. Is that like you're pretty much saying, hey, you need to work out? Yeah. Yeah. That's like buying your significant other a um, a gym membership and being like, hey, I got this for you for Christmas. Yeah, that ain't going to go over well. That's not going to fly at all. <laughs> I, I can tell you right now, not from personal experience, I've never fallen into this type of a trap. But I would not recommend doing so. Now, I will say if your significant other is into the working out, and he or she decides, you know, I would really love to have one of these Peloton bikes. And you got the money to burn? By all means, go ahead and get them the Peloton for Christmas. That sounds like a great plan. If they haven't done that, I would stick away from workout equipment for Christmas. I would say just, just avoid that at all costs. There are plenty of tried and true methods here. There are other ideas that you can do for Christmas other than getting the bicycle, the, the stationary bike, that's going to cost you $2,200 that will get you on the couch for the next six weeks. I wouldn't go that path. Now, maybe you, maybe some people feel else, uh, other ways about it. I wouldn't go down that particular path. I mean, it makes sense if, like, say your significant other, oh, I, I, ride, the, I ride bikes everywhere. So it's like, okay, how about this? If this Christmas, you don't have to go out anywhere to ride. You don't have to get hit by a car if that ever happens. And there you go. Here's a Peloton <laughs> bike right there. You don't have to get hit by a car. Hey, you That's can't trust the people on the road. Can't trust them. I love it. I love it. That Kramer should be the new pitch man for Peloton. Hey, use our use our stationary bike so that way you don't get hit by a car. That's that's your way of pitching. It. I love it. Texting and driving. Yeah, you can't be doing all of that. I, I I appreciate it. Uh, if you are somebody that is getting your significant other the Peloton for Christmas, I would love to hear from you. Six nine three zero six is the text line here at Six Ten Sports Radio. All right, so. The Chiefs desperately need somebody to step up in the backfield. I've been the guy that's told you all year I don't care how they run the football. I, I, I still don't. That being said, they need somebody that at least can run the football. And more importantly, they need somebody that's going to be effective in the passing game. The Chiefs running backs against the Patriots the last three times that they faced them. The AFC Championship game last year during the regular season and then in 2017. AFC Championship game, the running backs against the Patriots for the Chiefs, had six catches for 87 yards and two touchdowns. That's very effective. 2018, seven receptions, 114 yards and a touchdown. 2017, six receptions for 102 yards and a touchdown. So over 100 yards in two out of the three matchups and a touchdown in all three matchups through the air by the Chiefs running backs. The Chiefs don't really seem to have the guy that they trust in that capacity right now. They don't have anybody that they can go to on a third and five swing pass and say, go get go get those five yards. Last year, say what you will about the guy. Damian Williams was very effective in that role. Damian Williams was a really good pass catcher out of the backfield. And so one thing that they need to do is find the guy that can step up in that way. Find the guy that when you get to third and five, you don't need them to run the football. I don't care about any of that. You need somebody that can, though, be a good pass-catching back. And I thought this from Dylan McCullough, the Chiefs running backs coach, was really interesting talking about uh, LaShawn McCoy. There's been there's been conversation about that, and I've been making sure that I'm, I have awareness of his snaps and making sure we put him in a position to be successful, um, to help us in that game, but also looking at the long term. You know, we, we, we got several more games left, and we want to make sure um, that LaShawn is uh, ready to perform at a high level. That's over. That can't be the case anymore. I don't know if they trust LaShawn McCoy or not. I don't know. I, I, I legitimately can't give you the answer to that because 
it seems to wane in and out depending on the game, depending on the week. If you trust him, this is a game LaShawn McCoy should play a lot of snaps in. This is a game LaShawn McCoy, for the first time all season, should get close to 20 touches. Again, I don't care if he runs the ball. You can give him 10 carries, and I'm perfectly fine with that. That's that's great. But you should also give him eight, seven, something like that targets in this game because he needs to be involved in the passing game. You know what the Patriots are going to do. They're going to double-team Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill, and they're going to put Stephon Gilmore on the other guy. So Stephon Gilmore is the best corner in the NFL this year. He's going to slow down or shut down one of those two guys. The other guy's going to have press man coverage, and he's going to be double-teamed. It's going to be really hard to win this game with Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey being the reason why you win it. That's what Bill Belichick is known for. It's going to make you play left-handed. And so in a game like this, other weapons have to step up. That'd be great if it's Sammy Watkins. That's kind of why you pay him $20 million a year. But realistically, let's be honest here, it probably ain't going to be Sammy Watkins. So I would like to see McCall Hardman more involved in the offense this week. I would like to see LaShawn McCoy more involved in the offense this week. Those are the types of players that can help you in a game like this. I would also add Darwin Thompson to this category of guys that I would be intrigued with even though I don't think it's going to happen. Going back to Dylan McCullough, let's listen to what he had to say about putting Darwin Thompson in the game earlier this week. I mean, and it's one of those things where you just got to just play him. You know, like I said, I sat with the staff and I made that comment. I said, man, we got to just put this guy out. It's hard to pick and choose. You didn't know the game was going to become the way it did. So I just put him in early. Coach like, hey, what are we doing? I said, we getting this guy out there, man. Let's get him going. And he performed at the level that we expected, and we know it's only going to move up from here. Hey, what are you doing? That ain't a good thing to hear from your head coach when you're putting a player on the field. That's not good. That's not what you want. And so what I learned in that quote was everything I needed to know about why Darwin Thompson hasn't played more. It's very clear to me what's happened. The running backs coach trusts Darwin Thompson. Dylan McCullough just told you right there, I want to put him out on the field. I told him in the meetings. I put him in the game. Like, I'm doing everything I can within my role of what I'm capable of to put Darwin Thompson in the game. The running backs coach clearly trusts him. Either Eric Bieniemy, or, in my opinion, more likely, Andy Reid does not want him in the game. And if Andy Reid is the guy that's saying, I don't trust Darwin Thompson in the game right now, you're not going to see him. Point blank period, you're not going to see him. Now, you can disagree with that decision. I totally understand that because the Chiefs haven't exactly had a whole lot of reason to believe in the other running backs that are out there. You can disagree with it. But the Chiefs have told you, and that quote certainly told you, with their usage and by that quote from the head coach or offensive coordinator, whoever it was, that they don't trust him out there. If they're going to put him out there in this game, or if, if they're ever going to use him, this is the time to do so. Spencer Ware just got back. You only have one healthy and consistent running back right now, and that would be LaShawn McCoy. The natural progression, because Daryl and Damian are likely out this week, Daryl for sure, Damian likely, the, the likely progression there would be Darwin Thompson is finally going to get the playing time that you expected. I just don't know how I can confidently tell you that Darwin Thompson is going to get the ball and going to get the snaps when the head coach is telling the running backs coach, nah, I don't trust him. Don't put him out there right now. One thing I'm going to be watching in this game is how Patrick Mahomes performs against the best defense in the NFL. I was watching Good Morning Football yesterday, the other day, Kramer, 
And Good Morning Football is on NFL Network. They have reasonably bright minds. And they asked a question that I originally scoffed at. So that's a silly question. And then I thought about it a little bit more, and I was like, you know, that's kind of interesting. Here's what, what they had He's to going say. up to Foxborough. Patrick yeah. Mahomes will get held under 200 yards for a third straight game in the air. Okay. Shred me or shred me not. I got to tell you, Shregs, if he was rolling, if he was so good for a couple of weeks going into this matchup in New England up against a really tough defense, I would say he'll have over 200. But I can't because even Deshaun Watson, they get the win. And Mahomes and his team have had back-to-back wins now. The yards aren't there. And for Deshaun Watson, he still just had 234 yards up against them. So, Foxborough, you know that Patriots defense is ticked off. They just lost to the Texans. Mm-hmm. They're going to bring it like only they can. So, I don't know. I just feel like if he was on a roll, I would be able to do it. I'm not going to shred this. I think he is held to Un- under 200 yards okay. again. Under 200 yards would have been ridiculous to even suggest last year. Like, think about that. Think about the statement that they just made. Yes, I think he's going to throw for under 200 yards. Last year, his lowest performance of the season in terms of a yardage total was 245. And now they're saying for the third straight week, they think Patrick Mahomes is going to go under 200 yards. And I don't have a good argument against it. And so this is one of the things that's changed this year with Mahomes is last year, the difference between him and Watson and any of the other young quarterbacks in the NFL, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, whoever you like, was Patrick Mahomes never had that kind of a game. Never. He never had a quote-unquote down game where the opposing defense was able to figure him out for three quarters of the game. It was more often than not, sometimes it was a half. Sometimes he would be figured out for a half but then he would figure it out in the second half, and he was like, all right, we got this. He'd throw for 200 yards in the second half, right? It happened against the Patriots a couple of times. But it never happened where for three quarters he was figured out. And the last couple of weeks, it's felt that way, where it's like, oh, he's just, it's not going to click. It's not going to click together for him right now. And so that's one thing that I'm going to be watching for tomorrow. Is he able to get off to a hot start? The last two games against the Patriots, he was not able to do so. In the first half of the first game against them, 164 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions, a 46 passer rating. The second game against them in the AFC Championship game, four for eight for 65 yards, three sacks, and a 77 passer rating. He's got to get off to a better start tomorrow. That's one of the keys to the game is Patrick Mahomes getting off to a hot start. And that stat that they just gave, over under 200 yards, he has to go over. For the Chiefs to win tomorrow, he has to go over 200 yards. They don't do enough well outside of Patrick Mahomes to be able to beat an elite team And say what you will about the Patriots, they're certainly still in that category. An elite team on the road, in the elements, in Foxborough, he's got to throw for more than 200 yards. The answer to that has to be over if the Chiefs are going to win this game. Coming up here in just about 15 minutes, let's talk about the disastrous coaching search with Dan Wolken. We'll do that coming up at 11 o'clock. But coming up next, my friend Mike Sando. He is an NFL insider. He's one of the best in the business. I'm very excited to have him on. I want to get his thoughts on this matchup on Sunday and who he's got winning this one. It is next. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. The leadoff with Brandon Kylie, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kylie. We got Kramer on the other side of the glass. We were just talking. Kramer's been filling in on the morning show over the last, what, couple of weeks at this point? Yes. And the morning show for those of you that aren't in radio is a great thing. It's a really great thing. It's fun. You are out at like 11 o'clock in the morning. You've got the rest of your day to do whatever you want. The problem is you have to be in the studio by like 4.30 in the morning. And so you're getting up at like 4 and Kramer's like, yeah, it's not that bad. No, it is. It's terrible. 
Now, there are perks of doing it, like getting off of the air at 10, 10 o'clock, which is nice. Being out of the yes. studio by like 11, that's nice. Getting up at 3.30 is miserable. There is no way to sell that to Yeah, me. that's bad. It, it is. It's terrible. So I'm glad you were able to get a little extra sleep this morning, my friend. I'm very happy that you're here with us. Appreciate you guys listening as well. Again, I'm Brandon Kylie. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. Very happy to be joined by our next guest. He is an NFL insider. He's one of the best in the business, and he is on Twitter at Sando NFL. His name is Mike Sando, and he joins us here on the leadoff. Mike, how are you doing this morning, my friend? Great. Good morning. Good morning to you as well. All right, Mike, this is the game that Chiefs fans have kind of been waiting for all season, and it's finally here, and... For whatever reason, ha- these two teams just haven't had the seasons go the way that they anticipated. What do you find most interesting about this matchup between the Chiefs and the Patriots? Yeah, I feel like the Chiefs are going a, a little bit under the radar. You know, everybody is concerned about, you know, is the Patriots offense going to get back and Brady this and Brady that. And meanwhile, everyone is fixated on Lamar Jackson and Baltimore, right? And I don't think that there's really any acknowledgement of the fact that, um, you know, Kansas City actually beat Baltimore, right? Yeah. And so if Kansas City wins this game, um, even though we all agree it's not all hitting on all the cylinders and everything um, yet, uh, the Chiefs will have beaten the two teams that they probably have to beat um, to go all the way, right? To go to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like where the Chiefs are at. I mean, I think New England has been the master of getting their act together down the stretch and having a formula for beating you. But I feel like they're a little bit more compromised in their ability to do that, you know, without Gronkowski and some other factors on offense. And so I'm really watching to see if uh, the Chiefs can hit that stride um, because I do think they, they should be able to be the type of team that could beat Baltimore and New England. But Let's see him beat New England, right? Let's see him do it. Uh, the, the Patriots are a little more vulnerable because of their offense. Can Kansas City take advantage? Every stat that you look at seems to indicate that the Patriots are unbeatable in Foxborough. That being said, <laughs> all of that is the history, right? That's, that's, that, that's not this team. And so you kind of go into this game as a Chiefs fan, and there's this quiet optimism while also being – a little bit concerned because you're going up against the evil empire that is the Patriots. I'm curious from your perspective, Mike, what is it about this Patriots defense that has gone wrong in a couple of their big games against the Texans and the Ravens? Because they've been great for most of the season, but in those two games in particular, they didn't look like an elite unit. They looked like a good one, but not an elite one. What went wrong for them in those matchups? Well, I I think you put Baltimore in a separate category of teams that are just hard to prepare for. And if they were playing Baltimore in a Super Bowl and Belichick and those guys had two weeks to prepare, I would expect a better effort. I think they're just a hard team um, to play. The Houston game, um, well, I mean, you know, you're on the road against Deshaun Watson with some really good weapons when they're healthy. So I think that's part of it. Um, And then offensively, they didn't sustain as well throughout the game. By the end of the game, New England still had 12 explosive plays, I believe, and you know some of their numbers looked good, but it was a lot of sort of hurry up when you're almost out of the game um, late. So they're just not as – they're not able to control the game, New England, as well as they could in the past when they 
has the ability to move the chains a little bit more um, with their offense, not just in the past with Gronkowski, but I think they had a good, uh, a more diverse run game package. They were a little bit more of a heavier personnel type of team. Those Some of those things aren't available to them, and I think that affects your defense and just how you control the game. We're talking with NFL insider Mike Sando here on the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. Appreciate him joining us this morning. I do want to ask you about that Patriots running game because people in Kansas City have been talking all year about how terrible the Chiefs running game has been so far this season, and that is that is true. That being said, the Patriots have actually, in terms of efficiency, been worse than the Chiefs this year whenever it comes to running the football. Is this something that you think is going to get better with their left tackle now being there with Isaiah Wynn, or is this something that is going to be a problem for the Patriots the rest of the season? Yeah, I think it's a problem for them because uh, they don't have James Devlin, their fullback, and they don't have uh, Gronkowski. I mean, those are two huge components of the run game and the versatility they've had on offense. So, yeah, I think the Patriots will still be well-coached and get better, and the run game could improve through, um, you know, just practice. I think they they make the most of their practices, but I think they have a lower ceiling in the run game uh, this year for sure. If I told you going into this game, Mike, that the Chiefs were able to limit, not stop, because I don't think anybody really stops, but limit Julian Edelman and James White, do you see a path to the Patriots winning? Well, uh, I guess it would be uh, defensively. So here's what I noticed about Kansas City, and you're tell me if I'm wrong here because I haven't watched them as closely as you have. Sure. But, but I, well, I chart something uh, that is the percentage of your passes that make an explosive game. Okay, offensively. And the two lowest games of the Mahomes era are the last two games. Okay? Does that sound right or no? Yes, I've said on the air, and some Chiefs fans have gotten mad at me, Mahomes has not played well the last two weeks. It's the first time in yeah, his yeah, career yeah. that I've said that, that, that statement, and it sounds absurd to say, but Mahomes hasn't played well the last couple of weeks. So, And I'm not even pinning it on Mahomes. I'm just saying the facts are, okay, that, for, that since he's been the starting quarterback, okay, about 20%, 21% of their passes gain more than 15 yards, okay? And that takes out any passes where you're inside the 15. Obviously, you can't gain that much. So 20%, all right? So uh, the Raider game, they're at 7.7%. The Charger game, they're at 9.4. Okay, those are the two lowest. So is there a path for the Patriots winning the game? And I suppose that path is that, you know what, that there's something up with that. Chiefs offense and the explosiveness, even though it's masked when you, uh, what, put up 31 points on offense. I think 31 of the 40 against Raiders were offense, and 24 the previous week were offensive points. That sort of masks a little bit from afar, but is there a way to keep this Chiefs team to 20 points, right? 21 points on the road. Maybe the elements aren't great. Chiefs, uh, Patriot defense has one of its great plans. You know, they're, they're going into this knowing the Chiefs pretty well. So um, that would be my concern is it's a little bit lower scoring game. And now Brady only has to – Brady just needs a two-minute drive, you know, at the end of the game to go from – to put them ahead. You know, maybe a, a field goal puts them – ties the game or puts them ahead. You know what I mean? It could be that type of game if Kansas City's offense isn't what it wants to be. It's interesting. We're talking with Mike Sando. He's an NFL insider joining us here on the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. I, Mike, you, you are amazing when it comes to a lot of these numbers, when it comes to the charting, specifically like what you just said about Mahomes and the explosive plays. 
For our audience that hasn't been watching the Patriots as closely this season, hasn't been paying attention to them each and every week, can you give us a little bit of an indication as to how good this Patriots defense has been? Is there a nugget? Is there a number that can kind of put in perspective for our audience just how good they've been this year? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to undercut it a little bit because what, what I look at, yes, they've been great. Uh, and, you know, they had some historic numbers, but I always look a little bit more closely and say, yeah, but who are the quarterbacks they've been going against? You know, and I think you can't control that as a defense. And, like, you know, Buffalo fans get tired of that sort of thing, right, because it's sort of a way of undermining um, how good they are. I think you start with Stephon Gilmore and say that, in the league today, there's not five elite cornerbacks, cornerbacks, and he's one of them. So that gives the Belichick, uh, he's probably, he might even be number one. That gives them something that a lot of teams don't have. So they have the ability to maybe take away, um, your best player. But when I look at their defense, here's who they faced. Sam Darnold had a 3.6 pass, pass rating against them. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, Daniel Jones, Matt Barkley, Colt McCoy. Um, now they, didn't have as good a games against Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson, right? Those were the better guys they faced. So in between Prescott, Roethlisberger, Wentz, Mayfield were just okay. They are a very good defense, but there's not a lot of shutdown games against Patrick Mahomes is in there either. So I think you have to point that out. It's Mike, your, your analysis so far this morning would lead me to believe that you're going to be picking the Chiefs in this game. Is that kind of the side that you're taking? You know, I'm going to be a little bit more disappointed from a Chiefs standpoint if they don't win, but uh, because I think that they're the Patriots are a little vulnerable. But no, I mean, <laughs> if you had to bet your entire, you know, everything you've got, I mean, you can't go against New England at home. I just, uh, I just think it should be a good game, and I give the Chiefs a good chance to win. But I don't feel strongly that they're going to win because I think they have some of their own issues too, and you take those on the road. Um, I'm just more, I'm like a curious, this is a curiosity game to me, right? Um, and you be wary of New England. And Tom Brady's giving interviews as if they're a two and 10 team. Yeah, we've got, look, we've got to stick it together here. You know, I'm like, you're 10 and two. You lost one in a row, you know? And by the way, you had your hand on an onside kick to get the ball back where you might have won the game in this horrible performance against Houston where they had 12 explosive plays, you know? it's all very relative what their struggles are. It's amazing. He's Mike Sando. He's one of the best in the business. Find him on Twitter at Sando NFL. Mike, you pretty much just gave my thoughts on this game as well. I think that the Chiefs are the better football team, but they're going into New England, so it's so hard to pick them in a game like this. I appreciate you hopping on with us today, man. Thanks so much, and enjoy the games tomorrow. I will. Thank you. Absolutely. That is Mike Sando joining us here on the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. Everything that he had said prior to that final question would have led you to believe he's picking the Chiefs. Everything, every single every single statement that he said, you know, when the Patriots go up against good quarterbacks, their defense isn't as good. When the Patriots offense gets on the field, they're not good. And then you get to the pick and he's like, yeah, but I've got to take the Patriots, right? Because they're at home and it's the Patriots. And I totally understand where he's coming from. The Patriots have put this into our mind at this point. They are completely unbeatable in Foxborough. And it's a crazy, crazy thing because this team is not what they've been historically. And yet here we are in very smart NFL people. Mike Sando is as smart as they come. He talks to as many people as you possibly can as an NFL reporter. And he's even fallen into it 
of, yeah, but I have to pick the Patriots. Of course, I have to pick the Patriots. It's an amazing thing. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kylie. We've got Kramer on the other side of the glass. Coming up next, I want to talk Mizzou football search. It's been an absolute disaster. We'll do it with Dan Wolken. He's a national college football columnist for USA Today, and he joins us next on 610 Sports Radio. The leadoff with Brandon Kylie, 610 Sports Radio. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 